I thought it'd be fitting today if we talked about one of the subjects that's very near and dear to your heart and one of the subjects that, that you live, and that's the subject of honor. Um, I pre, uh, recently have talked him into writing a book about honor. It's hard to write a book about honor and talk about honor when you're the person of the house that should be receiving honor. You know, it's hard, hard to tell someone to bless you, you know, because I, I, don't, I don't want blessing. I don't want honor uh, for me, but I understand the power of honor and what, you know, what rides in on honor. Uh, so what better, you know, person than a son for 17 years to come in and write that? You'll be seeing that soon. Amen. But I want to start today, and I'll key you in on some things. We didn't pre-plan this. I called him last night, and I said, get ready. You're going to sit in with me. But if we start out with honor, we first, and I'll, I'll kind of set it here. Um, if you start out, if you're truly going to honor someone, uh, you first have to account the value uh, on their life. If, if, if you're going to honor someone or something, you, you first have to account, take an account, uh, or maybe we can say judge, uh, you know, what's on their life or how valuable uh, they are for you or to you. Uh, when someone becomes valuable uh, to you and to your future, uh, then it's easy to honor them. So, so first, you, you got to seek, you got to find not like I would say this, uh, I wouldn't go value a shrewd business person because I, I'm not trying to go into business. I am in business because I was a business guy before this, but my number one goal is ministry. Uh, so, so I go seek out uh, people that know things, you know, people that ha have found keys that I don't know of, and, and I've recognized the value in them. And after I recognize the value in them, they become valuable to me. It's easy to honor them. That's a good word. So uh, we, we, we first got to set, we got to measure that uh, first. And then I want to start here, and we'll get you in this Second uh, Timothy 3. And, and I'll read, uh, just set it up, and then I'll get 13 through 16. But the, the, the beginning of this chapter says, Know this, uh, or this know also, that in the last days uh, perilous times shall come. And then it goes on, it kind of paints a picture or what's, of what's to come and, and kind of warning Timothy or preparing Timothy of what's to come. And then, he, and then he tells Timothy, gives Timothy the answer on how to overcome uh, the, the last day demonic influence, the last day attacks of Satan. And we find that starting in verse 14, actually. And, and the, the, the key that he gives him is the key of honor. He says, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. Uh, he goes on, he says, and, and has been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them from, and, and that from a child that thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God uh, may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now understand this, Timothy's a young man, and Paul tells Timothy, uh, don't leave the message. Don't leave what I put in you. Now, I'll say this to you, and maybe you can kind of tell us a little bit of the struggles but for 17 years, my number one message to him is, is don't leave, trust the process, meaning the word of God. 
don't look, don't peer out. You know, sometimes you peer out and you can create something that really doesn't exist in error. Uh, the grass is not all, always, always greener. You can ask Lot if he made heaven. Uh, the grass is not always greener. It, it may appear to be, but there's always more to everybody's story. Uh, so uh, Paul said, Timothy, your success is going to come in staying in the message, staying in the process, staying in the things that you were taught. Uh, those are the things that have made you who you are, and those are the things that will make you uh, who God's called you to be. Yes. So starting off with that, uh, talk to us a little bit about challenges, you know, things that have kind of tried to pull you away from that. Well, there's power in staying. Amen. The Bible talks about standing against the wiles of the enemy, and it's not a, it's not a, uh, what would it be, not prone, but it's not a, uh, a, it's a moving position. You're moving forward. Yeah, it's constant. It's constant. And reciprocal and and there's power in staying and over the years of course as you said you've taught me there's power within valuing something that deserves value and seeing the value in it and it's hard when you're young and you're you're inspired to do a lot to not look around you at what there could be what the opportunity is and all the different things but your power comes from two things is how where when you honor somebody it's recognition and then application. So recognizing the value, but then applying the honor to the one that deserves the value. And it's hard when you see so many things going on. I've, I've learned over the years that not everybody, though good, is for me. And not everybody, that's though good, word. is for you. There is, a, there is a lot that's said in staying with your eyes fixed on something. It'd be like if, you, if you're, a, like I'm a great employee. And that's not because I work here. I've, I've been told for, I've worked for a different company for 10 years, and I've been told I'm a good employee because I just do what I'm asked to do. I don't, I stay in my lane. I do what I'm asked to that's do. True. And there's, the, when you're at a company, what value would you bring if you went and worked for five different companies and tried to put your hands in everything else that there is to do? You need to stay within where you're called to be. And there's power within that. And so when it comes to honoring, number one, it's seeing the value. But then it's keeping your eyes fixed in the right place on the value that you've been given. You know, Jesus said, or Paul says in Ephesians, but it's through Jesus, he gave a gift to us. I'm not looking for everybody else's gift. I want to I I take as much out of the gift that was given to me as a, uh, the pastor that was given to me. That was a gift to me. And I have not pulled, I, I, know, I can't speak for everybody, but I know for myself, I haven't pulled everything out of that gift that there is for me. You know, I remember on Christmas, you'd get a gift like a Razor scooter or something when you're growing up, and by, I don't know, Christmas, uh, the next day after Christmas, you're done with it, and you're on to the next gift, whatever it is. Well, that's not the case with a pastor. You, you keep learning and growing and, and getting things from it, because there's so much more you can get from a pastor than just material, like you know, promotion and things like that. There's a spiritual uh, tightening in your life that you get from submitting under a pastor. And so number one, seeing the value in that and then pulling as much out of that gift that I can get, I haven't pulled everything out. What business do I have looking for all the other five-fold ministry gifts? I'm going to let my shepherd bring to me yeah, any right. other gifts that I need to have. I haven't pulled everything out of this gift. And I'm, I'm a, I don't know if it says this in Scripture. I can't find a place. 
But it doesn't say that the evangelist is the shepherd or the apostle is the shepherd. The Bible talks about in multiple places, especially in Jeremiah, it talks about that they will place shepherds over the people to keep them together. That's a pastor. And if I haven't got everything from my pastor, what business do I have finding everybody else in the world to pull a gift from and pull from their gifts? So number one, it's the recognition of that value. But then number two, it's the application of that. I don't know if you're going to talk about that today, but you've taught me about the importance of hot, not just honoring recognition and honor but high levels of honor attention to detail that's high levels of honors pursuit you know you you, let me get that you're 100 right and i want to say this because i i've seen you live it and i don't know who's watching or who's hearing it doesn't honor is one of the greatest heavenly keys god's given us and it doesn't matter your age you're never too old to honor if you're not walking or living a life of honor uh, there's no neutrality like you're not if I'm not honoring I'm not just neutral no the opposite of no honor is dishonor yeah so either you're going to walk in honor or you're, you're going to walk in dishonor and age doesn't give you you know the hall pass to say uh, I'm not involved with that operation no it's an operation of the kingdom of God in Proverbs 3 9 the Bible says God said honor me with all of your substance and thy first fruit so God want, wanted us to honor him with everything that we are, all that we have, all that we do, all that we possess. God says, I, I want you to honor me with that. So that's kind of like a standard or the foundation of, of Christianity is to honor. But uh, if we get into and, and understand that, uh, you have to find the person, persons, people. You're not going to have, it, it's very costly to honor somebody. Uh, we see that once again in Proverbs 3, 9. God said, if you're going to honor me, you're going to honor me in substance, meaning tangible things, and in first fruit, once again, uh, talking about tangible things. Um, I've honored two men the highest in my life. In both, now, you can't, you can't buy people. You cannot buy favor. Uh, a favor uh, comes from a, a person that submits truly and and uh, exalts truly somebody else. That's the key that you get for favor from somebody. Uh, you you know you set it in motion. Someone just won't favor you. No, you have to position yourself to receive favor. But the first person uh, that changed my life radically forever and still cha- is is touching our life from the grave. I don't. We don't talk to familiar spirits. But he left such a rich deposit, it's almost like it, it's continual, you know, it's reciprocal and evolving in us, uh, was Dr. Norval Hayes. And, and Dr. Norval Hayes, you know, my mother's here on the front row. I have a high, uh, you know, my father went to, to heaven. But you honor your mother, your father. The Bible's very clear. Uh, those are uh, going to be jewels uh, honoring your father and your mother uh, to you in the days to come. But... Uh, as far as Dr. Norval Hayes, Dr. Norval Hayes had more to do with me becoming who I am than any other person. Now, I, I can say this. I, I can say, is uh, Mario Murillo, uh, does he have a great ministry? A hundred percent. He's impacted my life. He's had a lot to do with Kim and I, too. But uh, what my call was, uh, the calling on my life, I needed Norval Hayes uh, to sharpen the, the edge of the sword of our calling. Uh, now Mario, he he. There's p- part you know pieces of Mario, and and I have great honor for Mario in me. But if I would have pursued Mario Murillo, 
And if I would have just honored, honored, honored him and set everybody else apart, I couldn't have fulfilled the call of God on my life because it was locked up in Dr. Norval Hayes. Uh, so uh, I, I had to once again, we, I had to recognize, and once I recognized uh, who he was and what part he would play in my future, everybody else became like secondary. And it wasn't that I didn't respect what they were doing. It wasn't that I thought they weren't doing what they were called to do. But I, I, I came to the place that if I'm going to do what I'm called to do by God, I need this man. And you can't put high levels of honor in multiple places. No, it, you can't it afford it. too much. You can't <laughs> afford it. So, and I'll get into that. So the afford thing, uh, if you love, cherish, that's a part of honoring. You know, the Bible, the Bible talks about you honor your spouse, you honor your wife. Uh, if you truly honor your wife, uh, you love your wife, that's a part of love. You show your love and honor in gifts. I don't buy her like she loves me back because we, we were in covenant. But, but that's a way to show your love and honor. Um, when when uh, Dr. Norval Hayes had a meeting, I would go to his meetings. It cost gas, airplane money, car money, tire money, you know, uh, restaurant money, hotel money to go see Dr. Norval Hayes. But in being present, I was being honorable. Uh, in, in being honorable, God then gave me a, a, a path or a, uh, a conduit to begin to receive from him. Yeah. You know, Dr. Norval, hey, some of you heard this. My mom was there. Ashley was there. My wife was cooking uh, in our one house. And Dr. Norval, Hayes, I'd sit there for hours. Now, I didn't always want to. You know, it's not as a 30, uh, I don't know, 80-ish, you know, 40-year-old man. Uh, I didn't want to sit for 10 hours a day uh, on a footstool and listen to, quote-unquote, an old man tell stories of the 40s, 50s, and 60s. You know, naturally, that's just, you got a lot to do it as a 40-year-old man. You have energy. But I'd sit there day in and day out, and I would listen to those stories as if my, my very life depended on them. And it came to a day before he went to heaven, about a year and a half before he went to heaven, maybe two years before he went to heaven, uh, he said that I've honored him, I've respected him more than any other human being on the planet. And he said, when I die, you'll get either all or the most of my anointing than anybody else. You can't get that without honor. Mm -mm. Now, honor unlocks doors that nothing else, that's the key. Honor is the that's key good. that unlocks certain doors that nothing else on the planet uh, can unlock. It, it, it's, it's found in honor. Now, when Dr. Norval Hayes went to, now we were blessed with Dr. Norval Hayes. He went to heaven. We were about, I'd say, three-ish years, two-ish years, three-ish years without someone to honor at that level. And it was a very dark place. Uh, so we're thinking, my God, who else is there? Now, there was other people. There, there, there was other ministers around the world. But I'm looking at them and I'm saying, I don't want to be that. Now, it's not that they're wrong, but I'm not called to be that. So if I, if I begin to plug into something I'm not called to be, I'll be some kind of weird, you know, hybrid, I don't know, copycat, just some kind of creature, some Frankenstein type. Uh, and I didn't want to be that. You know, I, I'm weird, but I'm stable, but I'm kind of strange. I'm kind of weird. Uh, Most weird people aren't stable. You're well, stable. You may be weird, I'm not but to I'm me. stable. But <laughs> you're stable. Well, I mean, I'm all these things, so it can't take a normal person uh, to, to, to 
sharpen me. I got to have someone who's a little off the wall, kind of, you know. So we're thinking about, we're thinking about, and our finances started to go down after he died. And our, our blessing started to going down. The blessing of God, the favor of God in our life started, started to wane. And we're, we started looking at things, and I went to Kim. I said, we've got to find a man of God. We've got to have a man of God. We cannot live without a man of God. And, and so I, I, at the time, Dr. Seville and Dr. Barclay pop up in our life supernaturally. And we, we, we took both of them. We said, we'll take both of them. Oh, my God. And taking both of them was the hardest thing we ever did. I, I'm telling you, there were days where I'm sitting there and telling Kim, we can't afford to have both of them. We're going to have to pick one or the other, but there's no way we can chase these two men around the planet and not only chase them around the planet, but every time we went, we brought a gift or a sacrifice to God. You know, the, we bring sacrifices to God to men. To it's men almost like when you hit a certain level of honoring them, you have to keep, you have to yeah, keep you above that level. You can't go backwards. No, no, no. no. Uh, you know, and, uh, you, you can get mad. If you're getting mad right now and you start saying it's about money, you're dishonorable. You don't understand honor. You know, uh, but uh, I remember, you know, the first time Dr. Barclay sat down with me. I love Dr. Seville, but it came to a point where we had to elevate you know, a singular man uh, in our life to, to that role. So it, it was like Dr. Seville is one of the greatest gentlemen, greatest anointed, kindest, loving, caring people on the planet. Most pure-hearted person you'll ever meet. Uh, but... I need and needed what was locked up in Dr. Barclay more so that, than what was locked up in Dr. Seville for my calling. So we still give to Dr. Seville, uh, but I pursue at the highest level Dr. Barclay. That's good. So I remember the first time I sat down with Dr. Barclay and I said, I'm going to ask you a very weird question, but when I have time with him, I want to know things. So I said, uh, can you please tell me how you had several men of God and how you honored them? And the first thing he said, he said, it costs a lot of money, <laughs> you know, and, and it's not all about the money, but once again, uh, gifts are how you show somebody like I can come up and hug you and that'll make you feel good. But if I come up and hug you and I have a card, you know, with a gift card in it, or I, I bring you flowers or I, I take you dinner, I take you lunch. You're, you're like, wow, there, there's something behind it. There's yeah, something more to it. And, and it's like, if you went to your, to pastor Kim, or I went to my wife, babe, I love you. It's not about the money. Let's just put the money. That's cute for like a little while. A couple weeks. Couple, maybe, if that. <laughs> but at some point, I mean, money's not everything, no, but it's but pretty close to breathing. you, you got to have some support behind it. And, it, and even the op opposite way, mm -hmm. if we talk just about love and not about money, it doesn't work either. It's got to be well-balanced. It's a big expense to you. 100% Not is. just gifts. No, 100% You've talked about is. traveling, going to see them, spending time with them. That costs money. 100%. He'll in call me if I'm not in a meeting, and he'll say, son, where are you at? Now, uh, I know this next saying because it, I, I, it's the same way with me. There's certain people in your life that when they're present, it gives me strength in, in the pulpit. So he'll call and say, where are you at? You know uh, when you're not here. I know you sent your money, he'll say, because I don't ever not send a check to anything he does. He says, however, when you're here, you give me strength. Uh, so I said, well, Dad, the, the plane ticket, the travel, the hotel room, everything was $5,000 for the week. Uh, I'd rather have give you the gift I had set aside plus the $5,000 uh, 
than to take away from that. And he'll say, I understand that, but sometimes you being in the meeting is more important to me than the money. That's good. So uh, you got to get there. You know, you got to be there because more is riding on it than just a, a, a gift and a, you know, a, a, a you know, a, I don't know, surface level relationship. I want to add this too <clears throat> to this because I, I don't think we talk about this much either, but I think we're... <laughs> A lot of people struggle with this concept or the, the, the reality of honor is there's no reciprocal material. Well, I'm investing in this. Uh, what's the return that I get? If you can't value the spiritual thing that you get from it and what that's going to do for you, not just long-term in heaven, but here on the earth and where it's brought you and where it's going to bring you, there's opportunities that have fallen into my lap that had I not been in connection with you, I have no doubt. You had nothing to do with the connection, but I have no doubt in my mind my money being tied up with the gift as a, as a pastor, my relationship being tied up with you reciprocated those other material things that you had no earthly tie 100%. to and that connected to me because of my connection to you. 100%. I don't think people understand that. No, that goes back to that lull between Dr. Norville's death to Dr. Barclay That's good. and Dr. Seville. And when Dr. Barclay came on the scene and we, we singled him out, uh, you know, in the spirit to know that our future was locked up in him. We would not be able to walk into our future. Now, I'll say this. I'm to a point in my life, I'm, I'm, I'll be 53, I think, in April. Babe, is that right? My little calculator. I'll be 53 in April. Um, I'm not an old man. I'm not a young man. Uh, I'm in the middle. Uh, if I'm on one side of my life, I'm probably more towards the end of my life than the beginning of my life. Uh, but I'm established. I'm established financially. Uh, the ministry is established. We have a very, very intense, strong, God-breathed ministry. Uh, th that's what we have. And, and don't, you know, period. We have one of the strongest ministries. I didn't say the, but one of the strongest ministries on the planet today. Uh, I, I, if Dr. Barclay goes to heaven, um, I don't think I'll pursue uh, another mentor um, or, or someone that I, that, that I had to have honored as a younger age. I can do this without, but as long as he's on the planet, I'm going to honor him at the highest level I can because I, I know what that relationship has done for me. When he came on the scene, within a year, uh, Kim and I were like, what in the world has happened? Like, like it's our lives. We're, we're turned right side up. Uh, we were, things were shaking, things were blessed, things were moving. And, and we're like, what in the world happened all of a sudden? Because prior to that, I was to the point where I, this is a conversation I had with Dr. Barclay in the early days. I said, um, I started calling him dad. He, he told me, you know, I'll be a father to you. I'll be a, you know, whatever it is. I said, I'm thinking about, I've got some ideas that are, I believe hundred million dollar ideas. Uh, I'm thinking about shutting down the ministry and, uh, you know, creating a $100 million business, and I'll fund it into you and a couple other guys if I can't do uh, what God's called me to do or if, if, I, if I don't see the fruit of it. And he said, well, uh, number one, that, that would be a tragedy for the world because you truly have a gift for the world. Uh, and he said, number two, thank you. Uh, he said, but uh, things are going to turn around. So in that first year, I mean, I, I, I'm not a quitter, it wasn't quitting, but I'll use my gift somewhere else if I can pour into something else that'll have more impact. But within that first year of pursuing sowing into him, it was radical. 
I mean, it was like radical. Uh, so then I got to this point where I asked him, and some of you heard the story, I said, how'd you honor your men of God? And, and he said, well, in the beginning, I was so ignorant. I was so young in the spirit. He said, I, I'd bring like, you know, 50 bucks. And it never is about the money. It's never about the, the, the size of the money. Please don't ever think it's about the money. You cannot buy favor. You cannot buy relationship. It's not about that. But it is, all right, hold on. Let's go, hold that thought. I'll get back to this. We're almost out of time. Go to Genesis quickly. Genesis, I'm here all day. Genesis 8. Well, we can, I'll keep <laughs> talking to you all day. Genesis 8. And, and let's just pick this up. You can pick it up next week with me because this will probably take several weeks. Um, amen. And then once again, get on with Get Up in God. I know you've been in this vein for the yeah, last I, several I, well, weeks. I was going to like design, call this week Honor Week because I started Monday and today talking about familiarity. And you can't help but lead into honor when you talk about those sort of things. So Amen. Amen. It's a, it's a powerful subject. Go to Genesis 8. Now, back to what you said. No, you, you can't. It, it's impossible. If God's called you to someone, find your someone and stick with your someone. And you can't spread it out because uh, you're going to rob from the person that God's called you to. Uh, and then you're going to rob yourself of what they're supposed to you know, impart to you. So uh, be very careful. If you do have, like Dr. Barclay had four different men that he honored, five at one time. But Dr. Barclay has, has been called to the five-fold ministry, all five uh, ministry gifts. Right now, he's more so in the prophet uh, you know, gift more than anything else. But at the time, he was a severe pastor, which he is a pastor of pastors now. He pastors pastors. Um, but he needed all that. He needed to see that. You know, what God's called me to uh, with Dr. Norval Hayes uh, was, was the ministry of laying hands on the sick, casting out devils, you know, the Great Commission yeah. and, and, and running a church. And Brother Norval had the gifts that I needed. But anyhow, uh, Genesis 8 and 15. Let's look at this and I'll get back to that thought. Uh, that, now, this is when they come off, uh, they, they go into the, the, uh, the ark, knowing his family. Uh, they come off the ark. In 15, it says, they went into Noah, uh, and they went into Noah, into the ark, uh, two by two flesh in the breath. Um, hold on, let me go back up a little bit. Let's start at 11. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, in the 17th day, um, the fountains of the grape broke open, the windows were pour opened up, and the rain rained upon the earth for 40 days. And the self-same men of Noah, and Shem, Ham, Japheth, his family, the girls, 14, uh, they and every beast, every kind entered into the ship, uh, everything that creepeth on the earth um, after its own kind. 15, and they went into Noah, uh, they went in unto Noah into the ark, two by two, all the flesh were in the breath of life. Um, now, I, I want to get down to, uh, let me see here, 21-ish. Um, they get in the ark, the rain stop, and, and all the flesh did move upon the earth, both foul cattle a beast and everything creepeth on the earth, crept on the earth. Um, so uh, God pos uh, positions here uh, everything in the ark to Noah, and then God comes to a point. Let me get this out of my note for a second. God comes to a point where he, I, I was behind you, I'm going to catch up to you now. God comes to a point. I think you're in chapter 7. Yeah, I'm in chapter 7. God comes to a point where he calls, and God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of thy ark. This is 15, 16. Go forth of thy ark, thy wife, 
thy sons uh, and wives with thee. Bring forth, now this is after the rains, every living thing that is within thee of thy flesh, both of thy fowl, everything that creeps, creeps on the earth. 18, and Noah went forth with his sons, his wife, and his sons and wives with him. Every beast, everything Noah had uh, comes out of the ark. Now, uh, God here in 21, and the Lord, God, he said uh, to Noah, build me an altar and offer me up every clean beast of every clean fowl and offer a burnt offering unto me. 21, uh, and the Lord smelled a sweet offering. Now, let me tell you this. When you offer unto God honor, when you honor one of God's men correctly, now there's a perversion of honor uh, that, that, that it's worldly and, and it's, it's, it's rancid to God. But when, when your heart's right and when you're in the biblical operation of honor, respect, submission, it goes up to God as a sweet-smelling savory. Mm. It, it gets into the nostrils of God uh, how beautiful is, is this? Now, because of this, God, this operation of Noah, obedience, honor, submission uh, to God, uh, God said, because you did this, he said, I'm pleased, number one, it smells beautiful to be number two, but he said, I will never destroy the earth again, number three, and then Genesis 8.22, he establishes seed time and harvest. Because of honor. He said, because you did this, while the earth remaineth seed time and harvest, while there's sun, while there's night, there's day, uh, seasons, there'll be seed time and harvest. That's and, good. and that all came out of the honor. operation of honor. Yeah. Without honor, we, we would have still been under a curse. Without honor, if Noah would have said no, That's someone good. would have had to have bro broken the, the rebellious, uh, you know, uh, seed and the yeah. re your rebellious spirit that was on humanity <clears throat> in order to have favor with God. Let me close by this and then we'll get into this next week. I, I want to get into next week. I got them here. The enemies of honor, mm. you know, what causes people to be dishonorable? Mm. And there, there's about uh, 10 different uh, words that describe uh, actions of people that are dishonorable. And these, this is really going to help you because if you if you struggle with honor, you're dealing with, I think there's eight points here, you're dealing with one of these eight anti-God spirits that are causing you to act dishonorable. Hmm. So, so we're going to get into that next week. Uh, let's close here. We're, we're nine mass, minutes past. Uh, get up with God, Dylan Maverick. Get on here. Support this. He's, it's you know, a division, a part of New Way Church, a big part of New Way Church. Uh, uh, you know, get on here, Richard Summerlin Ministry podcast. Share this, get the word out. You want to say anything in closing? No, I think one thing I want to add before you go to that next week. Honor, I think, is one of the few things that God says He'll directly reward other than faith. It says in First Samuel two that those who honor me, I will honor. Amen. Those who highly esteem my things. And right what you're saying, I've never put that together, that right when Noah finished doing what he was obedient in doing, God changed the dynamic. Everything. Everything changed from that point. And so he openly rewards. Imagine being directly rewarded from God because you, you recognize the value of something that he has. Humanity Powerful. was changed because of the honor of one man. So good. So, uh, and even more so, Jesus. Amen. Doing the work that he came here to do. Amen. That's honor.
the doing what the you smell came to of do. honor. There's your week long sweet the sweet smell of honor. We're gonna have honorable coffee. The honorable coffee. Hey, Amen. <laughs> well, hey, we love you. I know this is a little different, but please stay tuned. Share this. Get some notes. Study this. This is a very powerful subject, especially in the hour in which we're living. We're living in a dishonorable hour in history. It's crazy. Uh, we're, the spirit of Cain is a dishonorable spirit. We see that in the church today. Uh, we need to be honorable sons and daughters to the Lord, uh, to the Lord. Uh, you know, I'm not your keeper. I'm not your savior. I'm not your God. I'm not those things. God just put me here. Uh, it, it, you know, as maybe we can say this correctly, uh, to, to you do things for me as a called person of God, you do it to him, not to me. Yeah. So you honor me, you honor God. You dishonor me, you dishonor God. But anyhow, I love you. We'll help you next week in the same thing. Until then, God bless you. Stay in faith. Don't quit. Never give up. And then get here Wednesday night. Tomorrow night, we're going to have a great service. I love you. God bless you. Bye-bye.